Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come Silver. Let's go, big fellow. Jed Crowell, owner of the Circle C Ranch, was upset as he sat at noonday dinner with his wife, Kate, and his foreman, Les. I'm telling you, Kate, something has to be done about that boy of ours. Mm -hmm. I sent him into town at 8 o'clock this morning for a couple of horseshoes. He isn't back yet. He's 19 years old now. It's time he became a little more dependable. Oh, now, Jed, don't get so upset. Why, I'm sure Frank will be back soon. Uh, most likely stopped in at the cafe again. That cafe owner, Lou Barry, encourages Frank to go in there. What's more, he lets him run into debt. Lou Barry's a no-good coyote, if you ask my opinion. That's right, he is. I'm convinced he and those gunslingers of his are responsible for the holdups and rustling that's been going on around here. Of course, I have no proof. Then you better not talk like that around town, Jed. Why, it might lead to trouble. Uh, trouble? I'm not afraid of Lou Barry. Les, take the hands out and round up strays this afternoon. Sure. I'm going into town to find Frank. Oh, Jed, now why cause trouble? 
Just wait a while and Frank will oh, be coming I've along. Oh, I've waited long enough. I'll have the satisfaction of telling off that Omri Berry, too, while I'm about it. Uh, you better go easy, boss. Lou Berry's a mean Omri when he's riled. Yeah, I can be just as mean as he is, Les. I'll see you later. So long. Jed Crowell rode to town and pulled to a halt in front of the cafe. Oh, there's Frank's bronc at the hitch rack. He's in the cafe just like I figured. Afternoon, Mr. Crow. Looking for someone? Barry, you know mighty well I'm here to fetch my boy Frank back to the ranch where he belongs. Where is he? All right, now, take it easy. Frank's in the other room having a friendly game of cards. No harm in that, is there? I might have known that irresponsible young maverick would let you talk him into mixing with a lot of no-good gamblers. By Jiminy, he'll not be here long. Now, careful, Mr. Crow. I don't want any trouble here. You'll have plenty of trouble if you don't stop encouraging my son to waste his time and money in this place. Oh, there he is. Frank, what are you doing here? Well, hi, Dad. I just stopped in a minute and sort of got interested in a little game. Well, your game is finished right now, understand? Well, Dad, uh, I'm in the hole right now. How uh, can you keep playing if you've lost what cash you have? All right, now, don't get excited, Mr. Crow. Frank knows his credit is good here. Well, I'll not be responsible for his debts. And I'll not stand by and see you drag him further into debt. Now, come on, Frank. You're going home right now. Come on, I said. Well, all right. Reckon I have to go now, fellas. About time your father let you grow up, Frank. You keep out of this, Barry. In my opinion, you're a low-down coyote. And I have my ideas about you and those gunslingers of yours, too. Take it easy, Dad. No use starting trouble. Yeah, that's good advice, Mr. Crow. You're in my place. And I don't have to take a lot of insults from you or anybody else. Oh, meaning that I'm liable to find a bullet in my back sometime. Is that it, Barry? Well, if that ever happens, the law will know just who to hang. Now get moving out to your Bronx, son, and keep out of this place from now on, or there'll be plenty of trouble for everyone concerned. Let's go. After Jed Crowell and his son Frank left the cafe, Lou Berry was talking to two of his hired men in his office. You hombres were out front when Jed Crowell came in. You must have heard what he had to say. Yeah, I was expecting you to go for your gun most any minute, Lou. Weren't you, Curly? Yes, bud. I was sort of surprised to see Lou take that kind of talk from Crowell. Jed Crowell is a big rancher. has lots of influence around here. The one he opened trouble with him. What he needs is a slug in his back to quiet him down. Right. He could be shot from ambush no, 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 and nobody... No, no, Like he said, if anything happened to him, the Lord blame me. You're not going to let him get away with that sort of stuff, are you, Lou? No, but I'll find a way to get back at him. Anyhow, he suspects us of being connected with some of the things that have happened around here. It's not good to have him saying what he thinks. Yeah, that's right, it isn't. You better think of a way to shut him up. You leave it to me, I'll think of something. <laughs> now, let's get out front. All right. When the time comes, I'll get even with Crow. Let's go. A few days later, a stranger entered the cafe and approached the barkeep. Morning, barkeep. Morning, mister. Something for you? Sure. Give me a drink of the best you have. Right. Here you are, mister. Good. Yeah, keep the change. Well, thanks a lot. 
You must be celebrating or something. Well, I reckon I am in a way. I sold my farm south of here, and I'm taking the cash and heading north to the railroad. Oh, going back east? No, going on to California. <clears throat> hey, what trail do I follow from here to get to the railroad at uh, Flint Rock? Well, let's see. Reckon the trail northwest from town. You go past the Circle C spread, then branch left to the river trail. Well, thanks. I'll pick up a few supplies at this store and then follow your directions. Traveling alone? Yep. I don't have any folks, so I'm free to roam wherever and whenever I please. Well, goodbye, mister. Maybe I'll see you again sometime. Adios, stranger. Hey, boss. Did you hear what that stranger had to say just now? Yeah, I heard him. Hey, look. Here comes Frank Crow. Well, Frank, thought your old man said you couldn't come in here anymore. I came to bring you a small payment on what I owe you, Barry. Here's fifty dollars. Yeah. Is that all? Now look, Frank, you owe five hundred. I'll have to have it all right away. Well, I don't have it right now. I have to pay in installments. That's the best I can do. Well, you'd better get it then, or I'll go to your father for well, it. No, don't do that. Dad doesn't know how much I owe. The only way for you to keep him from knowing is to find some way to get it then. I have to have it by tomorrow, understand? But I can't get it by then. Give me more time. Tomorrow. That's fine. What? I'll try to get it somehow uh, if I have to go to Dad myself. But I'll not let you go to him. I reckon Dad's right about you, Barry. Once I get you paid off, I'll keep out of here for good. Send Spud and Curly into my office, Joe. I got something for them to do. A few minutes later, Lou Barry was giving instructions to Spud and Curly in his office. The stranger with all the cash went to the store, and then he's heading out the trail that goes past the Circle C spread. Figure Frank Crowell isn't going to be very far behind him. Hey, go on. Let you and Curly take a shortcut. Ambush the stranger and grab his cash. Then hide until young Crowell comes along and finds the body. Grab Frank, fire a bullet from his gun. Then bring him and the body into the sheriff. <laughs> I'll get even with Jed Crowell when his son is charged with murder. Jed Crowell, who had been helped in the past by the Lone Ranger and Tonto, had written a letter to the Padre stating his suspicions and asking their help to get proof against Barry and his gunslingers. The masked man and Indian headed along the trail in the hills not far from the Circle C Ranch. Otto, according to Jed Crowell's letter to the Padre, he thinks Lou Barry, the cafe owner in Brookville, is really leader of the crooks responsible for the holdups and rustling in this territory. It's not easy to get proof. The sheriff here hasn't been able to get a line on the crooks. So far, Jed hasn't told what he suspects. We let Crowell know we come here? We'll uh, make camp, Toto. Then after dark, we'll go to the Crowell place to talk to Jed. Ah. I have the letter Jed sent to the Padre. It will serve as an introduction to the sheriff if we need to get in touch with him. All right, let's turn off and ride to that grove yonder. We'll pitch camp there. Come on, Toto. Come, come, come. Meantime, the two gunslingers, Spud and Curly, took a shortcut to a gully which bordered the trail the stranger would follow. Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it. Yeah, this is a good spot, Curly. Yeah, we shouldn't have long to wait either. Steady now. Come on, steady, boy. And don't forget, you have to wait for Frank Crowell to show up. I know that. Lou sure has the deal all figured out. 
We get the stranger's cash, and Frank Crow gets blamed for murder. Yeah. And who gets even with Jed Crow? Hey, wait. Here comes somebody now. Yeah. He'll ride past here in a minute, and we'll put a slug in his back. There he comes. Look, you're a better shot than I am, Spud. So you let him have it. And we'll go make sure he's dead and grab the cash. Right. Hey, from the description the barkeep gave, that's the one we're waiting for. Let him have it. Now, Spud, it goes. We got him, Spud. Now let's make sure he's done for and grab that cash. Right. Come on. He's steady, boy. Hit him. Hit him. After making certain the stranger was dead and taking a pouch from his saddlebag containing the cash, the two crooks again waited in hiding until they heard hoofbeats coming from the direction of town. Then they went up around the bend in the trail and waited again. Meanwhile, Frank Crowell, upset by his talk with Lou Berry, rode along at a slow pace as he tried to think of how to raise the money to repay his debt. I hate to tell them, but I'll have to. There's no other way. Holy mackerel! A body on the trail. Get up. Get up there, boy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Steady, boy. Uh, see if he's dead. Yeah. Done for, all right. Shot through the back, seems like. Oh, hold better... hold, 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 hold. Hey, what's this? Hey, Frank Crowell. Spud and Curly, I'm glad you came along. I just found this fella here. He's dead. Huh? Shot in the back. Yeah, he's done for all right. We heard a shot just before we came around the bend, remember, Curly? Yeah, that's right. Funny, I didn't hear it. I reckon you heard it all right, Frank. Reach. What, what is this? Reach I... like he said. Well, sure, but... We don't know why you gunned this stranger, Frank. But from where we stand, it looks like you did. Huh, Curly? Sure, who else could have done it? I'll take your gun, Frank. Well, my gun? Well, yeah, look at it. You'll see I haven't used a bullet. No. I'll let the sheriff look at it. When we get to town, let's tie Frank on his horse, Spud. And we'll tote the body to town and turn Frank over to the law for murder. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue. The two killers, Spud and Curly, appeared around the bend in the trail just as Frank Crowell knelt down beside the body of the stranger. They accused Frank of the killing, took his gun and tied him on his horse. Hey, I reckon that'll hold him. 
Yeah. I didn't do it. I, I didn't. We came around the bend a little while after hearing a shot and caught you red-handed, Frank. Now, maybe when you have your trial, you can convince the jury you didn't do it. But I doubt it. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, we better... Hey, look. Huh? The coyote. I'll get him. Yeah, must have missed him. Well, come on. Let's get the corpse and Frank to town and get this over with. Later, Curly and Spud, with Frank Crowell and the dead stranger, stopped in front of the sheriff's office. Oh, 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 oh. What's going on here? Uh, here's the sheriff, Curly. Tell him. This here stranger's dead, Sheriff. We heard a shot, came down the trail, and found Frank Crowell bending over the corpse. Great day. Is that true, Frank? Well, he did see me bending over him, Sheriff. I, I was trying to see if he was dead, but, but I didn't kill him. I swear I did. Curly has his gun, Sheriff. Give him the gun, Curly. Yeah, sure. Here it is, Sheriff. Just like it was when we took it away from him. You shot at a coyote with that gun, you... Did I, Spud? You were there. Ah, of course not. Just trying to make an excuse in case the sheriff finds an empty cartridge in his gun. Now, look. Yeah. Yeah, bullet was fired all right. Carry the body into my office and then go for the coroner. Right. All right. Frank, you're coming with me as a suspect until I can ask more questions and find out exactly what happened. Right now, sure looks mighty bad for you. Come on, we'll go inside. That night, the Lone Ranger and Tonto visited Jed Crowell and learned that Frank had been jailed for the murder of the stranger. By thunder, they've cooked up a case against Frank. That's what they've done. But with those two gunslingers as witnesses against him, we... Jed, we must do something. We must. Why, I just know Frank didn't kill that man. Of course he didn't. But we got to find some way to prove it. You say the sheriff found a bullet that had been fired from Frank's gun? Yes. But Frank says one of those crooks fired at a coyote. He must have used Frank's gun then. I'd like to get all the facts from Frank if possible. It's dark out. I'll take you and have you meet the sheriff. He'll let you talk to Frank, I reckon. We'll use the back way into town. Ah, that good idea. Oh, I do hope you'll be able to prove Frank's innocence. We'll try, Mrs. Crowell. Let's get going now, Jed. Right. A short time later, Jed entered the sheriff's office at the jailhouse. Howdy, Jed. Reckon you came back to see Frank, huh? That's right, but I'm not alone, Sheriff. Got a couple of armies I want you to meet. They're waiting at the back door. At the back door? Listen, Jed. I know how you feel about Frank and all, and I have the feeling that he's telling the truth. But I'm doing my duty, and if you figure on pulling some... Oh, don't be a fool, Sheriff. I'd be a dim-witted mule to try to help Frank break jail. It'd make everybody believe he really did commit that killing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Who is it waiting at the back door? Why couldn't... Come on, you'll soon know all about it. Come on in and meet the Sheriff. Right. Come, Toto. Hey, what the... A match, Lombre. Reach, mister. The Indian, too. Jet must be crazy. Take it easy, will you? And put away your gun. This masked man and Indian ride for the law. For the law? Haven't you ever heard of the Lone Ranger? The Lone Ranger? Great day. Do you mean to tell me That's that... right, Sheriff. This is my friend, Toto. Well, what do you know? I'm glad to see you both. But how did Jet... This know... uh, letter brought us here. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, so that's it. By Jiminy Jed, that was smart of you to send for the masked man. We sure can use his help. Thanks. May we talk to Frank Crowell a few minutes? Sure. Come on, I'll take you to his cell. A few minutes later, after introductions had been made, Frank told the details of what had happened as the Lone Ranger and Tonto listened intently. Finally, the masked man asked, Where did the killing take place, Frank? On the Northwest Trail, about three miles out. There's a bend in the trail and a gully over to the left. I see. Sheriff, what motive is given for the killing? It seems a stranger was talking in the cafe about having a lot of cash with him. Probably in the money pouch in his saddlebag. Oh, what about the money? You can't find it. The two fellows who brought Frank in say he had just enough time to sling it into the brush when he heard him coming. What pouch? My men went out and searched, but couldn't find anything. I see. Did your men search the gully for hoof marks? We had a short rainstorm after the killing happened. Any marks would have been washed out. Yes, that's true. Hello, we'll go out to the place where it happened and look around anyway. The moon has come up brightly now. Uh-huh. Jed, we'll see you and the sheriff later. Let's go, Toto. A short time later, the Lone Ranger and Toto drew rein in the bright moonlight at the place where the stranger had been ambushed. Who's over? Who's over? Who's over? This is about where it happened, according to what Frank Crowell said. Uh-huh. That gully to the left would be the logical place from which anyone waiting in ambush would have shot at the men. That's right. In spite of the rainfall, we still might be able to... A shot from the gully. Someone get hit. Look, two men right away past. Me, it was gone. No, wait. Let them go. We'll follow their trail. You think maybe them kill stranger? It's possible. Someone must have seen us leave the jail and become suspicious. All right, let's get going. Come on, Silver. Come on, Scout. Later, after trailing the two men who had ridden from the gully, the Lone Ranger and Tonto went through the back way to the sheriff's office to report to Jed and the sheriff. The hoof marks of the two who shot at us led to the back door of the cafe. Uh, that means they went there maybe to report to someone. Yeah, probably to Barry. We ought to go bust right into Barry's office. And... No, Jed, that wouldn't do any good. They've built a case against Frank, and for us to go in and accuse anyone without proof would be foolish. Yeah, uh, that's right. Frank's trial is set for tomorrow, huh? I hate to see him. You believe Frank is really innocent, don't you, Sheriff? Reckon I do, mister. But with things against him like they are... If you're willing to help, I thought of a plan that may bring to light the ones who did kill the stranger. Aye, Jiminy, mister, if you could do that, I... I'm ready to help in any way you say, mister. All right, then listen closely. This is the plan I have in mind, Sheriff, and you're the one to put it over. Later that evening, the cafe was crowded with men who were discussing the expected trial of Frank Crowell. Yeah, it sure is hard to believe that young Crowell would go that far to get the cash to pay back what he owed Lou Barry. Yeah, maybe it's hard to believe. By golly, Curly and I caught him red-handed. Didn't we, Curly? Sure did. We heard the shot. Then when we got around the bend in the trail, there he was leaning over the body. Hey, Spot, what are you limping about? Uh, Curly accidentally creased my leg with a bullet. It's nothing. Young Crowell's sure on a spot. Frank hasn't a chance of getting off. It's a clear case against him. If we had enough spunk, we'd go to the jail and get him and take him out of ways and shoot him. We'd save having a trial. Yeah, you're right, Spud. Hey, what's all the excitement in here? Well, Spud was saying the crowd ought to give Frank Crowell quick justice. Yeah, I think Spud's right, too. We know Frank killed that stranger. Sure, all right, now, hold on, all of you. Spud, keep your mouth shut, understand? Young Crowell will be found guilty this trial. We have to have things done legal in this town. Glad to hear you say so, Mr. Sheriff. It's good to know you're such a law-abiding citizen. Well, thanks, Sheriff. 
We know Frank Crowell will be convicted. The evidence against him? It looks that way. <laughs> but I'd sure like to get the boy to tell what happened to the two pouches of cash that's missing from the stranger's saddlebags. Two pouches of cash, you say? That's right. I got word the banker down in the town where the stranger came from might testify that the fellow was carrying the cash he got for selling his farm in two pouches. What? How could he testify to that? Shut when up, were... Curly. What do you know about it? Uh, yeah, Curly. Just what were you going to say, anyway? Why, nothing, nothing at all. Like Lou said, what would I know about it? Oh, I see. Uh, hey, Joe, uh, treats around the house for everybody. Never, fellas, down the house. All right, come on, get out of here. Curly, I want to see you and Spud in my office right away. Come on. All right, All right you two dirty double crosses. Where's the other pouch of cash? Honest, Lou, there was only one. We searched the stranger and his saddlebags, too. That's right, Lou, there was only one pouch, the one we brought to you. Don't stand there and lie to me. You heard what the sheriff said? Where's that other pouch? Speak up quick. There wasn't any other pouch, Barry. Look, in the back door, a masked man with guns. Well, I'll be... Sneak in on us, will you? Oh, my arm! Don't move, you two. I'll pick up Barry's gun. Though the masked man kept an eye on Spud and Curly as he holstered one of his own guns and picked up Barry's, Spud decided to take a chance and made a fast draw. He knows too much. I'll get him. I'm hit. The Indian at the window. We were listening outside the door, Barry. Heard you talking to these two a minute ago. You haven't anything on us? Keep them covered, Sheriff. I'll search the desk. Yes, here it is in the bottom drawer. A brown money pouch with the initials DW on the side. That's mine. Someone left it here at the cafe and never came back for the empty pouch. I use it. Don't lie, Barry. I telegraphed the banker in the stranger's hometown. He wired back, told about the initials, and said there was 4,000 in large bills. Even have the serial numbers. Hear that? Yep. Yep, this is the stranger's stolen cash, all right. Barry, I'm taking you in for murder. Oh, no. I had nothing to do with it. Truth is that Spud and Curly brought me that pouch to keep for them. They said they made a deal of some kind. Why, you lying coyote. You planned the whole thing. You sent us to ambush the stranger, and you want a young crowd to get the blame. Says you get even with his old man. That's right. She told us to wait for Frank and find an excuse to fire a bullet from his gun. Yeah, and when you heard about the masked man leaving town, you guessed he might be up to something. So you sent us to trail him and try to gun him in the engine. You said you knew who they were. I thunder, I ought to wring their dirty necks. Forget it, Jed. These men will be held for murder. I don't blame us. Look, we'll tell all we know about Barry, how he planned the holdups, all that's been going on around here. We've heard enough. Take them away, man. See that their wounds are fixed up before you toss them into jail. Jed, we'll go get Frank out of jail now. He'll sure be happy about all this. <laughs> yep. If it hadn't been for that mask man, say, where is he? And the Indian? <laughs> well, he must have just sort of eased out with the others, Jed. He's sure a fine friend to have, seems like. He sure is, Sheriff. By Jiminy, it's just like him and Tonto to ease out so as not to have to be embarrassed by a lot of thanks and all. Yeah, I've heard a lot about them both and how they don't want thanks or reward for anything they do. I'm mighty proud, Jed, that I met him at last. Means a lot out here in the West to be able to say you know and have as a friend a real rootin' tootin' American, like the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer.